Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up on this week's show, we will talk to Ricky Cobb. He does the Twitter feed at 70 Sports, one of the best and biggest out there. And we'll have some fun talking to Ricky. He is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a moment. But first, how about the debut for the XFL? I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Now, as you've heard, I'm a big fan of spring football. Wanted to succeed. And I was uh, excited about the AAF when it started last year. The Alliance of American Football. Is that what it was? It's been so long since they departed this dear earth. But uh, nonetheless... I thought the debut of the XFL had more sizzle. It certainly, you know, had, even though the the AAF had CBS get their first game off the off the deck last year, the XFL with Fox and ESPN as their media partners uh, did a great job, and by and large, games fairly decently compelling, and the nuances that we got to see were pretty cool. I liked how the kickoff rules worked with the kicker kicking it from his 35 down with his rest of his team down at the other 35 and the defenders at the 30 and the returner. And, you know, we're going to see returns, not touchback after touchback after touchback. The conversions was interesting. Most went for two from the five-yard line. The two-pointer from the... The one-pointer from the two-yard line, it's easy to get confused with the numbers, but the one-pointer was not an easy gimme for anybody to make. And so that uh, success rate, I think, will go up as time goes on. But I think coaches wanted to figure, okay, well, let's just go for two. The three-pointer really didn't come into effect because, you know, that's really kind of a rally mode conversion attempt as you try to claw back into a ball game. The clock rules inside two minutes were interesting. But the biggest thing that I was encouraged by was the the replay reviews. And you know I hate replay. But replay's not going anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately. And the AAF gave exposure to the replay process during their season. But what I liked about the XFLs was there was no dilly-dallying going on there. I mean, it was quick, expedient. You know, they're never going to get these things 100% right. But to hear the conversation back and forth between the on-field ref and the and the review booth guy was pretty cool. And I liked to say, okay, let me see. He doesn't have this. He doesn't that. And, and there wasn't, you know, a, a five-minute... You know, do, 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 like we get in the NFL. And the NFL should take notes. People have long thought the league conspires results. They want to get rid of that altogether. Let us hear the replay review. So we can hear what a clown Alberto Riveron really is. And getting back to the kickoff thing, you know, what has, has this idea ever come up in the NFL? 
because I just kind of have to wonder. They keep changing the rules, which you know have basically all but killed off the kickoff return. Here's a progressive idea that keeps the return game in and tries to maintain the quote-unquote safety the NFL says they're trying to do. So, kudos to the XFL. We look forward to week two. Now, that'll be the thing. Can they sustain that week one? You know, ratings were fairly good. Now, can they uh, continue to build off that first week curiosity mode? But overall, I thought their debut was just fantastic. It is with extreme pleasure that I uh, welcome back to our podcast the man who is behind what I think is the greatest Twitter account out there. He is Ricky Cobb from at Super 70 Sports. Ricky, thank you so much for being back on. Ah, Jeff, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me back on. I, I had a great time the last time I was on the show, and uh, looking forward to uh, what uh, questions you have for me on this one. Yeah, we did that a little bit over a year ago, and, you know, your posts are such a bright spot in my day. I bet you get a lot of that kind of feedback from people. I do, yeah, I, I do, and, I, and I'm very grateful for it. Obviously, it's, um, you know, it's one of the most... Uh, satisfying things about what I do is that you know getting that feedback from people and of course the feedback that you get on a tweet is is pretty instantaneous but but when people take a little bit of extra time to you know uh, not just like a tweet or, or, or retweet something but to you know sit, send me an email or or send me a direct message and tell me that uh, they really enjoy what I do, you know. So I, so when people do that, I, I'm, I'm always very humbled by it, and I, and I try. I'm, I'm sure I miss a few because my, my inbox is pretty cluttered, but I always try to respond to those folks and let them know that that I do appreciate it. And when you set out doing this, I mean, you obviously you put a lot of humor and a lot of uh, entertainment behind this, but uh, was positivity one of those things? You know, because Twitter can be the best, but Twitter can also be the worst as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, Twitter is you know kind of notorious for uh, the, the the lesser uh, side of it, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's certainly something that uh, you, you hear about a lot, and people complain about, and and you know sometimes people tell me, well, you know, the, the thing that I like about about your your feed is it's a you know it's a place within Twitter that <laughs> I can enjoy myself and the parts of Twitter that bug me uh, I can set them aside you know at least temporarily so uh, yeah you know I mean I never I never really saw myself as uh, you know riding into Twitter on a white horse to uh, uh, make things more positive or or kind of unify people around things that are uh, you know, uh, whimsical and fun, and or you know, however you would want to categorize it. But uh, but yeah, I, I think maybe it, it does sort of serve that purpose for some people. And you know, uh, you know, I I think we do get enough negativity and, and enough of the, the the sort of noise in our society. So it's 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 nice to be able to have a little community that's uh, away from that kind of stuff. So can you tell us a little bit about your process? Do you aim to have a certain number of posts per day? Do you plan on hitting certain topics? Or this is all by the seat of your pants? Oh, man. Well, 
it's it's mostly by the seat of my pants i in, in terms of the creative process i try to tweet about 25 times a day i would say is kind of my target number i'm I'm not, you know, a, a super stickler for uh, for that. If I if I tweet 19 times one day, well, then fine. You know, that's that's what I had in me today. But uh, but but I do try to tweet. I would say somewhere in that neighborhood of around 25 times. It's not unusual for me to tweet a lot more than that. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll be well up into the 30s or or even even up approaching 50. But uh, that's that's a bit much. <laughs> you know, on those days, I, I, I think, well, you, know, you should have paced yourself and save some of that material for for another day, you know, because there's there's only so much there's only so much creative uh, you can squeeze out of yourself on on any given day. And so it's it's nice when I'm able to stockpile a little bit of material and and uh, get ahead of the game, so to speak, but it doesn't happen that often. I'm I'm usually up in the morning, and I'm writing probably within 15 minutes of when I wake up. Oh, goodness. Um, so you know, your posts have, I think, made the term sweet bastard much more prominent in the lexicon of our world, and when you refer to certain items or people as sweet bastards, is that the ultimate compliment you bestow? <laughs> well, that has become... Uh, my trademark, I guess, right? Uh, you know the, the sweet bastard thing. So if I if that's what I've contributed to the uh, lexicon, then I get I guess that's some kind of mark. But yeah, I mean to to, to answer your question, I, I I do think at this point, since I've become so associated with that phrase and 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 people know what that phrase means, so I I do feel like I have to use a certain amount of responsibility with uh you know whom i bestow the title upon so absolutely yeah and i I would think too is you know in and it can it can be on anything too it could be you know uh could be a a big wheel it could be it could be a certain actor it could be a certain sports figure it really is amazing how many uses you have for it yeah you know it's you you just kind of you kind of just know a sweet bastard when you see one (laughs) you know i can't really put a better definition uh than that on it uh, jeff but uh when when i when i see something that uh calls for that phrase it just seems to it just seems to arise within me and (laughs) and and that there we go you know so but you're right it 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 cuts across people inanimate objects it's 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 almost like the f word you know it has a lot of utility (laughs) there you go Uh, so last time you were on you mentioned you are a sociology professor are your students aware of your super 70 sports alter ego um you know typically i would say not um i don't necessarily make a point of talking about it because you know it's one of those things where uh there's no real there's no real place where that comes up organically so if i if i were to go into class and talk about it i think it would be kind of self-aggrandizing probably so i i I stay away from that um you know there was a piece on me about a year ago in the uh, chicago tribune a very very nice piece and um some of my students saw it and so they they came to me and and asked me about it during class and so we went off on on sort of a tangent and and they asked me questions for probably about 20 minutes um about you know what it is that i do and how did this begin and you know all the all the questions that uh 
that people might have. But uh, other than some sort of, you know, kind of uh, situation where somebody brings it to me, I tend to, you know, kind of keep that world separate. Yeah, so you stay in Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent mode at that stage, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. That's exactly right. Now, the students that did discover upon this, uh, did they want to supply content for extra credits? <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I'm surprised that no enterprising uh, student uh, pitched that idea to me. But uh, no, nobody did that. But I did gain some followers, so that was that was kind of nice. I do know that a number of my students uh, follow the account, so it's kind of funny. Occasionally, I'll see one of them make a comment or something, and I'll think like, ah, you know, there's there's Johnny, you know, <laughs> or, or whomever. <laughs> So you have a Super 70 store. Folks can buy great shirts and things like that revolving around vintage vintage 70s stuff and things from the past. How is that going for you? Uh, it's you know really going uh, very well. It's uh, Super 70 Sports Store dot com, and uh, it's uh, you know really an attempt to I, I think capture the, the the vibe and the in the sentiment of the of the Twitter feed in. In uh, in clothing form, in T-shirt form uh, specifically, uh, and so it, it's been a lot of fun to to create uh, many of the designs and yeah, get those up in the store and and for it to be so well received as it has been. So it's uh, it's been a really really gratifying and exciting thing for both myself and my and my wife. Yeah, you know, and, and come to think of it, you know, I, I'm actually planning on ordering a WKRP shirt because, you know, when you promote that one, the Team Bailey versus Team Jennifer debate always ensues, which is always so, <laughs> so entertaining. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's that's one where uh, I, I think at the end of the day, at least if uh, at least if the uh, informal polling that I've done on the uh, on the the account holds true, it it seems that we, there were a lot of uh, closet Bailey fans uh, back in the day. You know, we had we had this perception that Jennifer was so much more popular back when I was a kid, but uh, I think everybody secretly was uh, was was a Bailey fan. Yeah, well, you know, I'm Team Bailey myself, but when you really think of it, there's no losers in that bat- battle, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. I don't think that you can go wrong uh, there. You know, I, either either option would be uh, m- more than attractive for just about any of us. Yes, and in fact, you uh, had a, a Charlie's Angels one today, and uh, of course, uh, Jacqueline Smith is uh, your favorite, and that spawned a pretty good debate there, too. Yeah, I did. You know, it's uh, it's it's funny how we uh, you know, feel strongly about our childhood crushes. Uh, so you know, people usually are ready to chime in and, and comment on those kinds of things. But I, I was always a Jacqueline Smith fan. But again, uh, as you just said uh, only moments ago, there 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 really there really are no losers uh, in that conversation. Yeah, you take a strong second place any time in that. <laughs> Absolutely. Third place, completely respectable as well. You know, it's a, it's a strong, strong uh, group of uh, individuals there. Yeah. So do you have, in like since the last time we spoke, do you have like in the last year what you would think is the best tweet you put out there over the course of the last year or so? Oh, gosh. The best tweet in terms of... What, how funny I personally found it, or just what you personally thought, man, I really, I really hit that one. The the one you had the most pride in, I guess, maybe. Um, 
probably probably the tweet that I did just a few days ago with uh, OJ Simpson and the president that simply said acquitted <laughs> um, was uh, probably a, a tweet that I, I, I you know I normally do not comment on politics and and I and I try deliberately to avoid politics but that was obviously uh, that's been the issue of our time and uh, uh, found a uh, photo of uh, OJ and the president together and uh, you know was was able to, to, to make a one-word commentary on the on the situation that people can take however however they wish it's sort of a uh, you know it's sort of a Rorschach's test right I just uh, you know, you you can take it however you wish. So I, that, that's probably my favorite tweet that I've done in a long time. And the fact you just said it was just one single word. Yeah, just a single word, right? You know, kind of uh, uh, an economy there. <laughs> the- Maybe that's the secret. Maybe I should learn something from that. You know, uh, <laughs> less is more sometimes. Yes, but you know, with the images, uh, you know, you find that right one word with the right images, and and yeah, you get you get that presto moment, I guess. Um, is, is there any? I know you've been do you you've done you've do podcasts, and I know it's been a while since you've had one out. And I know we talked about the uh, the Brady Bunch and Greg Brady last time you were on. That was your one of your bucket list moments. If you could interview anybody else from your childhood, television, entertainment, who would who would that guy be or lady? Oh gosh, you know, um, I, as far as as far as a dream uh, guest, I would, you know, wow. Um, that that's such a tough question, but uh, I'd love to have Pete Rose on. It, it, I, I think probably would be my number one. If I if I could have my choice, I would I would talk to Pete. And uh, what would be the what, what would be the most interesting thing you would want to know about Pete Rose? You know, I I, I, I couldn't even tell you exactly where I would take that interview uh it's it's something that i i think i would really like to uh maybe address some of the things with him that uh that haven't been asked a a, a million times and i think that would be the challenge of the uh, of the interview honestly it would it would be to sit down and figure out what kind of angle can i take with pete rose that is is going to be fresh and you know something that uh, isn't going to just be a regurgitation of the same things that we've heard Pete say so many times. Yeah, and of course he back in the news lately saying that you know he wants to be his reinstatement now to be heard again because of the Astros cheating scandal. Um, and you know I can't help but think, yeah, you know Pete, you got a point there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I'm a I may put Pete in the hall guy myself, but. Pete has unfortunately expended, uh, I, I think, the much of the of the good public sentiment that he would have had behind him at one time. You know, he just keeps stepping in it. Uh, you know, one one time after the next, and I think the sad truth is is that you know this is this is really more a way to probably get Pete's name in the news. Uh, for free, you know, by doing this sort of thing, than than any actual realistic hope that I, I would imagine anybody in Pete's camp actually has, you know, that it has a chance in hell 
Yeah, and sometimes, yeah, if he did, if he had done less instead of uh, some of the the campaign and stickery that he kind of put out there, he did kind of paint himself into a little bit of a corner for sure. Um, Absolutely, yeah, he, he really did. He's 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 really you know worked against himself consistently, and it's a shame. Well, your Twitter feed celebrates a lot of things from the past. But what are things of, in today's world of sports entertainment? What are the things that bring Ricky Cobb happiness in today's world? Oh my gosh! In today's sports world, sure. Um, you know, I mean, in in terms of sports, I I I grapple with you know the the realization as I get older, I I'm I'm starting to understand why grumpy old men are grumpy old men. You know. <laughs> And I'm starting to realize, you know, that I, I really, I really want to be careful. And I, I say this, you know, as the '70s guy, as the nostalgia guy, I'm obviously a traditionalist in many ways. But at the same time, you know, I don't want to just be knee-jerk. Uh, everything back in the day was better, you know. And I think a lot of us, as we as we get older kind of fall into that mentality without maybe even realizing that we're doing it so i think for myself i i I, (laughs) the battle that i have is to try and find the things that i like and that i enjoy in in modern sports because so many of the changes quite frankly that we're seeing in in you know certainly in in baseball and we're and we're here, you know and as you and I are taping this that's you know in the news that they're they're wanting to increase the playoff teams to seven in each league and you know that these sorts of things are happening in the NFL everything's everything's pass interference you can't look at the quarterback much less you know touch him and so it's easy to sort of you know get cranky and just want to set your internal sports clock to 1980 or 1985 or whatever your chosen destination is. So I'm, I'm really trying to (laughs) find the good in modern sports because so many of the changes that I'm seeing around the, uh, around the professional league, certainly, and even the changes that we've seen in college with all of the one and done and, and everything like that. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's 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 certainly a situation where I don't think sports in 2020 are necessarily in the strongest place. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's interesting you, you bring that up because one of the things I find, the, the sport I find the most difficult to not be the quote-unquote get-off-the-lawn guy with, to me, is the NBA. I, I look back and, and see an NBA back in the 80s when the Lakers and the Celtics and, and Detroit and Chicago uh, you know, late seventies with Seattle and Washington, and, and you would just see the free flowing of that of of that game, and but it still had an interior presence, which today's game totally dismisses. Uh, I, to me, I find that to be the sport that I have a hard hardest time translating, uh, liking then and liking now. Um, I would I would agree with that, although baseball is. continuing to push me um (laughs) but i I would agree with that uh, you know because i mean certainly again you know also it's coming back to analytics and you know certainly strategically i guess it would be hard to argue that the two best plays uh, in simplest you know terms are dunks and you know uh good good looks at three-pointers um and so the game has sort of been 
slowly getting reduced to, <laughs> you know, just right under the basket or kick it out and and shoot a three. And the, and the mid-range game is just, you know, there's slowly becoming no place for it. There's, you know, what we grew up with, traditional centers, you know, true fives. Um, you know, well, I don't know. It's pretty damn hard to, uh, you know, be a factor in the NBA today as a, as a true center you know everybody's everybody's got to be able to you know stretch out from the basket so um i find the nba to be pretty difficult to watch personally and and you know as far as the get off my lawn factor uh, i would agree with you that it's probably higher with the nba than uh than any of the the other major leagues well, of course, you brought up baseball pushing pushing that envelope. Now, interestingly enough, the designated hitter was introduced in the 1970s. Do you think that still needs to be in one league, or does it need to be in both, or gone altogether? Um, you know, I again here, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer honestly, and it might not be the answer that people would expect or want the 70s guy to give but i I think that the time has come to uh, put the designated hitter in the national league uh, make this uniform i don't think that we're going to go backwards i personally was always a fan of the of the pitcher batting um and have been for most of my life but i think at this point we've just got to be honest the 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 game has sort of moved past it, like it or not. And, you know, the minor leagues, what? I mean, pretty much, I mean, all through the minor leagues, these guys don't don't have to bat anymore. Um, you know, I think that's my understanding anyway, is yeah. that the designated hitter is pretty much uniform through the minors. So these guys aren't even doing this task for possibly years, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, if a guy if a guy's four or five years in the minor leagues, which is a pretty common path for a for a pitcher, it's gonna take a while, you know, particularly out of high school. And now all of a sudden it's like grab a bat and go face the absolute filthiest people on earth. And I don't think that makes for entertainment for for fans. I don't think it's fair to the to even to the pitchers, you know, because uh, unfortunately, I'm not a big fan of increasing specialization, but the reality is, is this is where we are, and you can't really put the toothpaste back in the tube here. In this case, um, you know, I don't think we're going to see it flip in the other direction. So we might as well just rip it off like a Band-Aid, get the designated hitter in the National League, and uh, ha- have uniformity and sort of the instead of this sort of. Uh, you know, weird uh, deal where the National League is, uh, you know, the <laughs> virtually the only league left, uh, you know, that is still operating under this old formula. Yeah. So do you have any uh, ex- expansion plans or things on the horizon at Super 70 Sports that, uh, that we want to know about? Well, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, looking to continue to grow the brand, uh, you know, without going into any specifics, um, you know, I'm having some conversations now with uh, different uh, production companies and media outlets. So uh, hoping that as we as we move through 2020, we'll be able to expand our presence into 
some type of digital uh, form, you know, str- whether that be streaming or, you know, possibly possibly even some type of uh, uh, t- television program. So we're, we're going to, uh, you know, try, certainly try to uh, get a, an improved and uh, completely kind of re-envisioned podcasts um, going in 2020 as well. So um, that's probably the area in which uh, I, I would like to see the most development with with Super 70s this year, and and of course, uh, you know, continuing to to grow the uh, Super 70s apparel brand, and uh, you know, continuing to uh, you know look look forward with expanding uh, you know our our uh, apparel line. Well, I tell you what, uh, if David could do it, I'm sure you will because uh, you, you've you've t- you've taken this thing. Uh, uh, what, what's the number of followers you're up to now? Is it 359,000, something like that? Um, I think you're giving me a few, but I'll, I'll take your number. No, I think it's, uh, I think we're approaching about 330. Okay. So, uh, but you know, still, still pretty good. I'll, you know, I'll take it. So it's, uh, it, it's continuing to grow and, and, uh, you know, trying to expand the audience, obviously. And then the more people that, the more people that see the tweets, the the better, you know. So just trying to put out good content and, and continue to uh, to get more people to follow the account. Well, we definitely wish you the best. Hey, this has been a lot of fun once again. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll have to, you know, maybe we should make this an annual thing on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm game. I'll, I'll put it on my calendar for uh, 2021. <laughs> All right. That's outstanding. Ricky Cobb at Super 70 Sports on Twitter. Ricky, again, thank you so much for being here. Jeff, my pleasure, man. I I enjoyed it thoroughly and look forward to doing it again. And, you know, and most people I know that uh, follow sports are already following Ricky at Super 70 Sports. But if you aren't, you're missing out. Make sure you uh, subscribe to his feed. It's great stuff. And as I mentioned at the top, it's it's always a it's always a uh, brings a smile to my face, especially you know if you, you know, get a little break at the office, get a little get a little entertainment laughter into your day. That's always a good good thing. And we were talking baseball there, and you know the report coming out that uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred is considering a new playoff format in a couple of years that uh, would be kind of interesting. Maybe four wildcard teams in each league, meaning that 14 of the 30 teams would make the postseason. So that's nearly half. And the new wildcard round will be a three game series. And I believe the top seed would get a bye and also get to choose who they get to play. So it wouldn't be just a structured. As it usually is, you know, a one versus the top versus the bottom, etc. When the winner of that meets the winner of that, it would it would have that little wrinkle of the top team getting to pick who they want as their opponents. Ooh, that has some serious diss <laughs> to it. You know, if that does come to fruition, unless it's my Braves as the team. Picking who they're going to play. I'm darn sure going to root for the team that gets picked by the team that says, oh, yeah, we'll take you out. (laughs) Oh, man. 
I don't know. I think 14 teams is a bit much. I think what makes the NFL postseason great is, and I know they've considered tinkering with expansion too, is they've got the right number of teams that make the playoffs. And let's not water this thing down. Let's not make it a two-month ordeal. So keep an eye on that story. As always, we invite you to subscribe at jeffallensportstalk.com is where you can go to the website, pick the podcast uh, provider of your choice. We'll get you hooked up and be happy to have you listen to the show each and every week. And you can follow me on Twitter at jeffallen underscore 88. And uh, you follow me, I'll follow you. And uh, and again, we'd like to engage. would like to hear from you at any time. And again, thanks to Ricky Cobb, Super 70 Sports, for being our guest on the program this evening. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. It's made from the finest ingredients so it stops itching, heals hot spots, and painful inflamed skin. Kramer's Salve contains a proprietary blend of neem, an ingredient known for its healing properties. A 4-ounce 6-month supply, including shipping, is just $30, and the 2-ounce 3-month supply, including shipping, is only $20. Help your dog end the itch and hot spot cycle. Order today at kramersalve.net. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E. LVE.net.